everyone. Welcome to another episode in the Leading Safely podcast. Apologies for the lack of episode last week. I was actually on site in central Queensland providing leadership coaching and it really surprised me that even mobile coverage was still lacking in places both on site and in town. Today though I have a fantastic episode for you which is all about communication and consultation and using the tools you've been provided to work for you not against. I'm talking about human tools though, and more specifically, your health and safety representatives. As my chat today actually reaches out across the ditch to the health and safety representative engagement lead for one of my favourite airlines to fly with, Air New Zealand. This next statement might actually annoy people, but despite Brent being a safety professional now, he is actually a worker at heart. What I mean by that is, he started out as a baggage handler, working in the elements, loading heavy bags onto planes. He was nominated by his crew to represent them on safety matters and was able to recognise the inefficiencies occurring at monthly safety meetings. The same inefficiencies that most of us have either witnessed or are still a part of. Through his hard work and dedication of having these inefficiencies addressed, he was recognised as HSR of the Year for Air New Zealand out of over 300 HSRs. From this, the safety team then approached him to join their team and he was given safety oversight for his operational area. He continued to attend safety meetings, identifying and providing solutions for the gaps between work as intended and work as done. As he progressed in his role, it evolved into the engagement lead for HSRs at Air New Zealand. And whilst in this role, he set such a good example that WorkSafe New Zealand actually approached him to take on the role of HSR development lead for the entire country of New Zealand. My chat with Brent is a great down to earth conversation. And just so you're aware, the disclaimer for this conversation is there is a little bit of swearing. So tune out now if you're not okay with that. Hi Brent, thanks for taking time out of your day um, to join me from across the ditch this morning on the Leading Safely podcast. Yeah, thanks, good to be here. No worries, thank you. Um, so as you know, I ask all of my special guests for health and safety related questions. And the first one is, what do you think makes an effective leader when it comes to health and safety? Yeah, well, I think from my experience, uh, being somebody who's been led as well as um, leading somebody, other people, um, I think making everything human centric or being about people is is the most effective way uh, in leading in health and safety or just leading in general to be honest but um like if you if you show an interest in people and and like a genuine care around people um you know they're it's not about ticking boxes or compliance or getting things done in that sense it's more around um yeah showing that you care about them and then those things come as a as a as a i guess a direct result of of caring about people i completely agree with you um and you know for me those leaders that have shown that genuine care are the ones that do stand out you know over time mm-hmm. um you can fake it but i think most of us know when someone's faking that how was yeah. your day you know like at the checkout when you're like oh yeah, yeah how are course. you today and you're like of you course. don't care about what I answer. <laughs> if I say I'm terrible, are you going to ask me any more questions? No. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. And those are the kind of leaders, like the ones that are genuine, where, you know, you really want to 
like push yourself you know like you you really want to because you know that they would do the same for you or that they already have done the same for you um and then like they're the kind of people that bring bring a team together you know they value like diversity of thought and so like instead of seeing potentially somebody thinking differently as a threat to them they they see that as an opportunity to be able to one raise themselves but like raise up raise up the team as well to use that diversity of thought and and it's those kind of leaders who can um, identify, celebrate, and use that kind of diversity to be mm-hmm. able to to create more, um, you know, more efficient, more equitable outcomes. And so, yeah, ultimately, um, better all round. So. Yeah, no, great. And now I'm sure this next question, you've definitely come across these people in your past. So um, what kind of words of wisdom would you give to someone who might be dealing with someone who's stuck in their ways when it comes to, you know, making a change with health and safety and just don't want to don't want to go with it because, you know, it's not the same thing they've done for the last 30 years or you know like those kind of people you definitely come across them for sure yeah well i guess um yeah my approach has always been again like like putting aside work and safety and just like really trying to figure out some sort of commonality between myself and that other person and like if it's if it's just as simple as we're both human beings you know um that, <laughs> that's, that's what you've got <laughs> yeah well that's enough to go off you know like because obviously us being human beings we both i know that me and the other person or the other group of people we we have to eat you know we have to drink we have to shit we have to sleep and so like even if it's just building on something as simple as that um again it's establishing it's establishing that you you actually give a shit like you actually care about these people rather than these are people or mechanisms of um of being able to get things done you know and so like to me like the care about people is is how i show um how i would do like good health and safety and and like safety is just a good byproduct of of giving a shit about people and and caring about them because once they felt cared about or once they feel valued or that there's some genuineness in that then they have no problems like you know trying to do the right thing because it's not it's not because um again it's not because you're doing it so you can get a pay rise or so you can you you know so you can tick it off of a list it's it's because like they genuinely know that what you're saying to them or asking them to do is because you care about them Mm, i think i'm i'm all for the rebrand ending of the safety department to be the we yeah. give a shit department i'm not mm, sure how mm. companies would feel that yeah. <laughs> but i i definitely think that there's a few more safety professionals that should yeah. you know care more but also you know like the team as safety team but also operational leaders should definitely yeah value that yeah i Perfect. try to get that um i try to get that message for the ceo to say but they uh, the comms team yeah. sort of were like yeah look uh, <laughs> maybe let's go with something different yeah so we care yeah <laughs> instead of we give a shit hey <laughs> and then um, the next question, normally it either throws people or they're really excited about it. So it's if you had unlimited resources, you know, opinions didn't matter and you were able to create something, come up with an invention that solved a, you know, workplace health and safety issue, what would you invent and why would you create that? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I would create, I don't know, I feel like immediately I think I would create some machine that made money for me or... Or like a genie or something. Solving an issue? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's a like, you issue. That's not yeah. a workplace issue. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, you use the money for good, right? Like, Oh, so, of course. All yeah. right. I'm glad you put that part in there. <laughs> well, because like, I mean, I'm not. I'm not um, delusional in 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 um, acknowledging that you know doing safety and doing it right 
because it costs money, you know, like it, it yeah. costs time, it costs resource, but most importantly, like it, it does cost money, you know, like there are simple solutions um, out there that can potentially help mitigate certain types of risks. But mm -hmm. with regards to like overall safety, yeah. what, what I've always found is that um, it's always come down to uh, like a, a money piece or a safety piece, and you're always trying to find that balance between them. Then, so, like, if there was if there was enough money to be able to do what you needed to do, like you could solve everything. Like you would automate whatever you needed to automate. You would get in all the engineering controls that you needed to get in. You would eliminate the things that you would need to eliminate because you had enough money to do so. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think that's you know okay. that's what I would. And then I would go to Hawaii for a little bit, but. Yeah. <laughs> I like that there's a, a selfless component and almost yeah, a yeah. selfish component. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Stuff that I take the crew with me, you know, like, like, yeah. <laughs> and here I was thinking that uh, Kiwis in general were just these lovely, genuine, nice people. <laughs> I'll scratch that part off the list. I grew up in Australia, so maybe that's why. Oh, did you? I see. We've tarnished you a little bit, hey? <laughs> but that's what being Australian does to someone. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and finally, obviously, you've had an interesting career because you've, you know, worked your way through being the baggage handler and then into the role that you're at the moment if you could go back and give yourself some words of wisdom and, and some advice to help you survive and thrive in your career and make that transition I guess a seamless one what what would you say to your younger self or yourself you know like back in your career I guess you know like hindsight is always 2020 right so um <laughs> uh, uh, but in saying that I have been like exceptionally lucky I think in the way that my career has like turned out in the sense that I'd moved to New Zealand um after like a relationship breakdown and I had some cousins who worked there in New Zealand and they were like yeah bro come over here and do some you know and so for me it was actually just going to be like a fill-in job you know until okay. i until i found something else and then mm -hmm. yeah it kind of just progressed from there um in the sense that i became the health and safety rep i went to you know our first few meetings and i was like man these really suck you know like these are the really <laughs> shit meetings because yep. like we were talking about things like like no soap in the soap dispenser or something like that Ooh, you know yeah critical so, issues, like, hey? so people were waiting a month to come and talk to or like you know and like in the very same time out just outside the room we were meeting in we had aircraft that could suck you in and blow you out as mincemeat you know and we yeah. weren't talking about any of that stuff or we had like our baggage team like at one stage there was a third of us um off for like injury related things you know and like it's a lot of people to lose to, to manual handling injuries um oh, yeah and so like and but we were discussing no soap in the soap dispenser you know um <laughs> and and we also had like a way of we had like we'd developed or we perpetuated a, like an us versus is you mentality and so okay. when um like what we would do is we would meet first we would create a list of things that we were going to try and um i don't know we were trying to like fuck over our management for and then we yeah. would invite them in and we would dump it all on them and we'd say yeah suck it you know like yeah, you, these the are all things the things that you're do. not doing yeah and yeah and like we were wondering why like no managers were coming or like one manager drew the short straw and had to come yeah and um and so like i guess from there like all i said was pretty much exactly what i've just said i said these these suck you know like these are shit meetings and yeah. like uh, lots of people were like oh what you know like this is how we've always done it type thing which is probably the most dangerous mentality you can ever have but yeah. um but like once i sort of explained 
explain that like don't don't you want to get stuff done like let's think about our last three meetings we've talked about the same three things three times in a row nothing's been done like nothing ever gets done and they were they were sort of um you know sort of helped coach them to get them on board and then once once they were like we started to you know it was a long process but we sort of re-evaluated and re um re I guess jig the way we did things and and things started to get better you know um we were actually talking about the relevant issues that were hurting people and we were talking about um yeah we we're talking about solutions and action focuses and like the manager started to come you know we stopped having like a little uh meeting before and then meeting with them it was just we all met and we One decided meeting. yeah it was like we we established like basically like why we were all there and it was because we wanted to keep people safe you know yeah, yeah. No, that's really great so your advice would be more like don't sweat the small stuff yeah for sure think about the bigger risks definitely definitely yeah. yeah like yeah don't i mean you could you could worry about that stuff for days or or pay lots of attention to it forever but like you'll never actually get to the things that are really affecting people's lives you know and it's not yeah. it's not just like you get hurt at work it's like you get hurt at work and then you like for where we are like you wouldn't be able to do full duties you couldn't do overtime you couldn't do and so yeah. like it wasn't just that person that suffered it was their family and then ultimately potentially the community as well you know yeah and i think i think people don't realize that like the work that we do in safety is not just um yeah it doesn't just radiate to the four or five people that might, might be in our team but it radiates through the organization and then outwards into our, our wider communities and so like yeah you'll see communities who who are lower socioeconomic and if they've you know if they're if there's a bunch of them that can't work then it only perpetuates you know that that reliance yeah. on on a system and yeah so yeah obviously you don't want that yeah, no, that's an interesting thought as well. And um, obviously, you've worked your way um, through being operational into a safety role. And it is an operational, I guess, safety role because you do go out and, you know, speak mm. to the guys and, you know, bring that data kind of back and work together. Um, so I understand you have um, some insights around being a health and safety representative that you'd like to share with my listeners as well. Yeah, sure. So I, um, so yeah, I guess in 2019, to preface it, I, I was awarded Health and Safety Rep of the Year for New Zealand. And Fantastic. Yeah, and so from that, basically, um, I'd I'd um, been able to take the board of Air New Zealand around the airport and and really sort of t show them what their decisions meant when it got all the way to the front line. And, um, and it was really eye-opening for them, but also for me, because what I got to see was that, you know, like all these, uh, I call them big dogs, all the big dogs like talking about me basically and people like mm -hmm. me and wanting to do the right thing but like obviously the layers of um organization yeah. in between sort <laughs> of uh -huh. almost like chinese whispers you know so by the time yeah. it got down to us um yeah like so they were they were wanting to do the things in in their right intentions but like without having the actual i guess that reality or that voice of the worker in those forums they were mm -hmm. just basically doing it um on on good intentions rather than on like proper data and so being able to being able to take them down there and show them that they really valued that and then they they decided that they wanted like somebody like me in all their meetings um all their safety meetings and so it was really cool and a really progressive thing to see health and safety reps or people on the front line coming to those meetings right at the tippy top oh, advise, wow. yeah advising the board around what the reality was rather than what what they thought the reality was or or rather than what was written on paper um they were telling them what was actually happening so that they could direct that resource and that you know that stuff to where it was needed not not based on good 
good intentions but based on real real life facts and so um yeah so i won that and then um uh basically i moved into uh like a health and safety career from there so the the safety team were like oh we'll, we'll take this guy and um <laughs> and so i started on That's a great. um on like a six month secondment and the area that i'd been assigned to take care of was was the area that i'd worked in and so like you've sort of mentioned before it was a real advantage for me to be able to go to a lot of these uh decision making meetings and say no no this is not how it's done like this is how it's really done and so yeah. when you make this decision it's actually not going to make anything better or it's going to be very marginal whereas if yeah. you, you know whereas if when i said the reality of how work is done brought it into those decision making realms mm -hmm. um yeah it sort of to me it sort of really helped make that better and so um yeah as i progressed through my career i ended up taking care of like the health and safety rep community for Air new zealand and oh, so wow. yeah so i became the engagement lead for um the health and safety rep community at Air new zealand and so they had probably over 300 health and safety reps at the time mm -hmm. and so i would i would um basically uh create like a strategy on how we could support them and and ultimately how we could raise that profile of health and safety mm -hmm. reps within the organization um and so yeah uh from there WorkSafe New Zealand which is the regulator approached me and said we've we're, we're taking an interest in um, health and safety reps as well and like we'd love to be able to uh, steal you for a year for for uh -huh. a bit of an experimental role around okay. uh, health and safety rep development across New Zealand and yeah. so yeah so I I've just finished that year um, probably about three weeks ago um, and what we discovered was that health and safety reps uh, needed sort of four things and, and one of those things was um, around like a connection to the regulator they wanted to feel um, like a genuine connection to people or somebody that understood their reality rather than calling okay. calling the regulator and getting an 0800 like your call is valuable to us and we will yeah um, <laughs> or filling out like an online form and and yep. somebody getting back to them in 10 to 8 days but they also asked for like um but with that personable connection they said they needed somebody who was like really handsome and really funny and like had a really like aerodynamically shaped haircut <laughs> And, oh, so and you specifically is that well well they couldn't they find they couldn't you. find them and so then i i jumped in here yeah, so yeah okay but um yeah but uh so there was two of us it was myself and and i had a counterpart her name was sherry peck and she was in christchurch okay. and i was in auckland so i took care of north island she took care of south island but basically our role was to um here was to be that personable connection so that reps who were uh, potentially facing struggles or needed some guidance or direction could call somebody like myself who had had been a health and safety rep who could you know yeah. help guide them or help give them some advice on how they could um, be better or, or how to progress in their space but also somebody who was willing to listen to some of the success and 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 be able to take that to uh, again decision making tables around how we could improve um health and safety reps as as an organization or as a as a nation i guess you would say and mm -hmm. so yeah that first piece was around a connection to to work safe that was a big piece that we'd found from from our role the yep. second piece was around um was around further development so in new zealand we have like a unit standard course which is which you need to do to be able to yep. enact enact your powers as a health and safety mm -hmm. rep and and while it's a great intro to like safety and and the work safe and the regulations and stuff like that it doesn't actually um i guess it's not specific enough to be able to help a rep in their specific day-to-day -day life so like okay. from from that course what we usually get um is that they really enjoy it but then they say how do i apply that to my 
to to what I do day to day. And so what they talked to us about was that they wanted, you know, they wanted um, development options that um, that they could use specific to their to their industry or specific to their roles. And so um, WorkSafe had formed has formed a, like an education working group with the providers of health and safety rep training to to start to explore that. And oh, that's um, great. Yeah, and so they've like they've come up with a few options, and there's um, there's quite a few progressive organisations around New Zealand who have already identified that as well, and have started to approach um, training organisations to get like specific training. Mm-hmm plans for their rep and so yeah. like say for example if it was a large organization um they might get their office staff different training to some of their some of their ground-based or um frontline mm-hmm. you know frontline um, construction staff you know there'd be two separate types of training because yeah, yeah. they both need different things to be able to help the people that they're elected to represent yeah wow that's yeah. so true okay, and then the third great. the third thing they talked about or that they needed was further development uh, so not further development leadership in the system is what it was called but basically okay. they were saying that their frontline leader was their maker or breaker of whether they were successful or not so they acknowledged that um, you know having training was good but when you had a frontline leader who said no sort of just kills it you know quite quickly yeah, and so yeah. what they what they wanted was you know to have or like they had a genuine desire health and safety reps across New Zealand had a genuine desire to work with their leadership um, to be able to make things better and they acknowledged that like they couldn't do it by themselves and they shouldn't really um but what they were what they wanted was that they wanted like a some sort of system or some sort of support for leaders so that they could understand you know how they could get that support um or how they would support a health and safety rep etc um and so like they've been they've i know that they've done some exploratory papers on what is currently available for leaders in the space of worker engagement participation and representation and they found that like no courses in new zealand specifically offered offered something around helping health and safety reps and so now that they've found that they're sort of starting to look into how they could progress that kind of work moving forward um but the last piece was and the the most um i guess the most pertinent piece was around role clarity okay and so reps like the uh, i'm not sure about the aussie legislation but the new zealand legislation it talks about what a health and safety rep does but it's quite it's not prescriptive i guess you would say okay and so it's quite open and um it's there's a lot of i guess interpretation on how that how that how that could go about and it's on purpose um but at the same time it's not very helpful for like a health and safety rep who goes i don't know what to do it says represent my peers but what does that mean you know what does that mean for me in my day-to-day role and so um yeah so that role clarity piece was again like a really really big thing or a really big piece of feedback from reps in the sense that if they didn't understand what they were supposed to be doing or what they weren't supposed to be doing how could they be successful in that you know and then also if they didn't know what they were doing or um were supposed to be doing how could they explain to their manager to get that support um and then also same with development like how do you develop in a role where you're not sure what you should or shouldn't be doing and (laughs) so like it really that role clarity really encompassed all the other pieces of um of the feedback that we'd received and so what we did in that space was we um we we gathered some health and safety reps across new zealand uh there was probably about eight or ten of them and what we said was like you know uh reps across new zealand uh, have told us like 
that role clarity is their biggest piece of feedback. You know, how would we go about solving it? And so the approach we took was instead of creating something and then getting people to use it or teaching them how to use it was to get those people who were closest to the problem, you know, and, and ask them how we would solve it. And then basically, you know, putting in the resource from our end to make that stuff a reality. And mm-hmm. what came out, what came out of it was, um, was some really basic, simple cards. They like playing cards and um, we called them hickey cards. So H-I-K-I, hickey okay. meaning hickey meaning to uh, lift or raise up in Māori. And, yep. and so um, that was the idea of the cards was to help lift or raise up um, health and safety reps in their capability. And on the cards, they would have on the front like an attribute or um, a skill that a health and safety rep could perform. And so we made about 12 generic ones. Um, we probably had six or seven sort of basic and then sort of uh, the rest was sort of like a little bit more advanced cards. Mm-hmm. But for example, the very first card that um, the reps decided that they wanted to to make was a card that said, I care about people. And wow. so so that would be like, that would be kind of your starting card, whether you're a, like a new rep, like a newly elected rep or an old head rep or, you know, like a re-elected rep, because basically you, you don't need any training to care about people, right? And so yeah. that's where they, that's where they decided that basically from a common theme that that's where they wanted like that's where they wanted to be and so similar to when we surveyed reps to say like why did you become a rep lots said that lots of them said that they were voluntold or they got the shoulder tap or but mm-hmm. we said it you know we 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 asked them a follow-up question around well you know it's voluntary why did you accept and they basically the the theme from all of them was that i care you know, and so yeah. we started. We started with that place of care, and then so on the front of the card, there's the attribute I care about people. Mm-hmm. On the reverse side of the card, it was split into two sections. So the top section was basically articulating quite simply and plainly the output of mm-hmm. performing that skill. So I think on the I care when it says um, as a result of this, you will see me um, be able to connect with my peers and be able to um, basically get the information that like you know the reality of work that's going on. Um, yeah. And then, and then on the bottom section of the of the reverse of the card was a, a piece around um, basically articulating what what they needed from their manager to support them. And so it would say, as my manager, I I um I would need your support by. And I think with the the care one, it was just allowing me time out of like yeah. my normal routine to be able to go and connect with these people. Yeah. And so so with that card, it basically really helped them articulate what it is that they could do in regards to the attribute on the front. Mm-hmm. And then also what the output of that, of them performing that skill would be. And then also what, um, what they needed from their manager to be able to get that support. And so we created, yeah, we created sort of 12 generic ones, but um, Sherry and myself went across the country um, on a speaking tour and we went to sort of five major cities and we rolled out the cards, but we also rolled out these blank ones. And we said, you know, what what haven't we captured? You know, what mm-hmm. what 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 could you do or what could we do specific to your role as you, yeah. And so it was just, like it, it just really took off like we never promoted them um externally or anything like that um but like we we just got demands for like we'd sent out thousands of them um oh, wow. yeah and and it was because again it was because we didn't come up with it and say you have to use it the the people closest to the problem or the people who were going to use it were the ones that designed it and all we did was support by making them making it a reality really and yeah. so yeah like health and safety reps they need those four things to 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 survive but also especially around that role clarity they should be the ones deciding what it is that they do and don't do because mm-hmm. one because it's a voluntary role 
um, but two, because they know their people the best. So yep. they know they know what their people need and when they need it and and how they need it. So they should be deciding what it is that they do and don't do as a as a health and safety rep. In saying that, like they obviously need that manager support, so they need to be able to articulate what that is and how they mm -hmm. need that support from their manager. And so the cards, the hickey cards, really sort of help um, help with that piece. But yeah. Okay, you might find that poor old WorkSafe New Zealand might be inundated with requests from Australia. For I hickey hope so. Cards. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really do. <laughs> You know, like yeah. I know, I know. Since I've um, since the contract is finished and since we've moved on, um, that they've definitely take like the comms team have definitely taken it up and they've they've like made it all work safe official now and stuff like that. Oh, so that's like, great. Yeah. so they'll they'll start they'll probably start a campaign around um, promoting them soon. I would say and um, yeah, like so they evaluated the role at WorkSafe. They evaluated the development lead role that myself and Sherry had done and mm -hmm. the recommendations from that or one of the recommendations from that was that um that that WorkSafe New Zealand should have like a permanent worker engagement team you know yeah wow and that, yeah and that they should have that like the development lead role um yeah you know across across the major ports in 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 new zealand that's and so, fantastic isn't yeah it? and so um like that's in draft at the moment so it hasn't been released but those were the recommendations in the draft yeah. anyway and so hopefully yeah. hopefully WorkSafe take that on board and and um yeah yeah and and either do all of it hopefully but you know at least do some of it moving forward yeah yeah that's amazing like congratulations on such fantastic work yeah cheers i mean it wasn't just me but yeah like yeah, it was yeah. it was definitely um it's definitely been my privilege to be a part of it yeah yeah sure. and i guess that that recognition of consultation you know like sometimes people talk about get your people involved and everyone kind of fobs it off like it's not yeah, a big deal yeah, yeah. but i think this whole project like everything you've talked about right to this point kind of points to the fact that it is the people on the ground that know the challenges they're facing and we really need to value their expertise and their insight, yeah. not the regulator, not the people sitting in the corporate offices, not the people in the safety team, not the management, not the board, not the whoever, yeah. the people on the ground doing the work themselves, which is Definitely. for me, you know, like we, we always hear about New Zealand being very progressive <laughs> when it comes to health and safety. There are a few things that, you know, kind of stand out, but this for me is like one of those things that kind of is that, that lighthouse moment, like potentially Australia could learn a lot from mm -hmm. the program with the HSRs that you've been yeah. a part of. So I think workers are often seen as like the like a, a problem to be fixed. Whereas, yeah, whereas <laughs> what what we've tried to do is help organisations understand that they are the solutions to the problems that organisations have created. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and like when it's when you frame it up and look at it in that state, like that state, it's it's it seems so simple, right? Like why don't yeah. you ask those people what they need rather than you know trying to come up with it yourself and then forcing them to use what you've come you know? Up with. Yeah, exactly. It might be it might not be fit for purpose or like yeah. I, I know for a fact like I've worked in. Australia for most of my working career and that in the sense that like you you would often be saying like somebody would say oh, we've got this new fancy machine for you and it does everything you needed to do to get make your job easier but then when I've had to actually use it it's been shit you know like it's made it way yeah. harder and but yeah. if they just asked somebody and said hey what kind of machine do you need they would have bought yeah. the right one straight away you know and, yeah. and like I think people look at it a lot from like it's really hard to quantify how you what engagement or what consultation 
consultation yeah. at the output is. But like when you think of it in the sense that you would do the right thing straight away, like you save yourself a buttload of money as well as time, as well as, you know, the, the workers feel valued. The workers start to own what it is that they're doing rather than yeah. punching in and punching out. Like there's so many benefits to it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's correct. Isn't it? I think it's that operational performance. It's not just your health and safety incident rates. Like you said, it's the engagement, the involvement, absenteeism because they feel valued and part exactly. of the process. Mm-hmm. Everything to do with the business performing improves, not just health and safety. That's so. right. Definitely a critical message, I guess, in everything that you said. So Mm. really appreciate you taking time out of your day um, to to speak to me and to share those insights. They're really fantastic. And I I know that our listeners will have gained some very valuable information and hopefully go back into their workforce and talk about, you know, the value that HSRs and the greater workforce, you know, brings to the organisation and maybe start to inspire to be like. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And like, I'm always available, like, to talk this stuff with anyone that wants to talk about it because yeah, yeah I, I mean like I love it you know like having making sure that 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 worker voice is heard and and considered and put into those decision making realms it's yeah. it, it changes lives you know and like I said it changes not just the lives of people that work for you or that you work with but mm-hmm. it changes your community you know like and yeah I'm really yeah. I'm really an advocate of that so no that's great and congrats again on the great work to, you know you and the team that assisted in the, the project but um so yeah thanks again for sharing those insights enjoy the the rest of your day yeah cheers thank you awesome thank you so that was my chat with brent armitage for me as i said earlier it was a great down-to-earth chat with someone who was able to bridge the gap between worker and corporate i feel like the way that new zealand approaches a few critical things is a little different to australia but it does seem to work for them for example policing and safety I love watching the New Zealand police shows, and yes, I know these are not a true reflection of the crime rate nor the policing response, but what is being demonstrated even on those shows is what Brent commented on around the I care mentality. I think the same can be said for their safety campaigns and their regulator. I'm connected to quite a few New Zealand safety professionals, and from what I've seen and know of them, It's not a space of enforcement or compliance with a big stick approach like so much here is in Australia. So for me, this chat with Brent confirms a few things. Firstly, I still love New Zealand as a country. Secondly, it is crucial that we recognise those people within our teams who have the potential to fulfil higher role requirements or those who have innovative ideas. Third, if you're hiring a senior-based role, for example, one in the management or executive team, then operational-based experience should be valued higher than a bag full of degrees. I think the other points that I really think are important from this chat are, listen, I think the other points which are important from this chat are for management and safety professionals to listen to your HSRs and use them to your advantage. They are the eyes and ears of the workforce and can really help you make the changes that you need or want within the workforce. Well, I think that's it from me for this episode. Until next time, stay safe.